1: Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Toveen. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is TalkArt.
0: Welcome to Talk Art. How are you today, Rob? Today, Russell, I am on a journey.
1: Journey to where?
0: Well, lately, I have been spending almost... All of my time with one person and that person is our guest today on Talk Art and she has taken me on a journey over the past 16 years of our friendship and I think recently she's taught me a lot about living in the present and that we're all on a journey through life, eventually to death, but you have to just live your life and enjoy every day and spend time with the people you care about the most and try and give back to the world. And I think she is a shining light and inspiration for generosity and for trying to make things possible for people Mm. um, in all kinds of ways, not just through her work, but also in the way that she's living her life. And we are currently in Margate, which is my hometown, of course, and her hometown, and now your hometown. Mm. So We are three Margate Thrupple, yes. Margatonians. Margatonians. <laughs> <like a> Martian. <laughs> <Martians. laughs> we are three Margatonians, but obviously I'm a new one, so I don't know the term yet. Um, and we're currently in, in a very exclusive room. This is the lounge of Tracy's home.
1: Yes, of our guests. Sorry, our guests' home. (laughs) This is the lounge of our guests' home in Margate.
0: Yeah, and we're currently surrounded by cats who we still call kittens, even though they are kind of cats now. Um, Mm. Teacup and pancake, Mm -hmm. and we're sat on velvet red sofa, Mm -hmm. and um, our guest is sat in a velvet blue, beautiful chair, like a queen that (laughs) she is.
2: Yeah, but I'm not you. You. Guest,
0: actually you're my guest. Okay, we are your guests. In my house. <laughs> Love this. So we would like to welcome to talk art. Actually, she would like to welcome us. Um, Into my home. As in my home. guest, yeah. yeah. Um to talk art. Tracy emin Hello. Hello.
1: <laughs> what number uh talk art, Tracy Talk art is this now?
0: I've lost count. It's episode three. <laughs> Of Tracy Evan. We've done two
1: before. You've appeared on Talk Up more than so, any other guest in the history yeah, of Talk Up.
0: Once again, you're breaking breaking boundaries. <laughs> well, I hope so. Well,
2: I, I don't want to break every boundary, but breaking a talk up boundary <laughs> is quite a good one.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, everyone wants to. Yeah, everyone wants to <laughs> everyone it. Everyone wants it. Yeah. So as Rob said, we are in your amazing studio, which has been renovated to the most beautiful space. How long did that take and how long have you been settled in here now?
2: Well, it's it's kind of strange. So um, I saw the building in 2016 with Carl Friedman and then I sort of thought, no, I can't do this. It's like, why do I need a studio in Margate and everything? And then my mum was dying. And I was driving to the hospital, you know, that kind of dash down the motorway at four in the morning and you've only got so much time to get there before the person you love dies. It was one of them. And I drove down the motorway, got to Margate, there was a rainbow appearing over the beach. And I thought, it's a sign, I've got to get to hospital as soon as possible. But just before I went to the hospital, I decided to drive around this building and I was thinking, God, that's really stupid. She could be dying right now, and I'm driving around this building. What am I doing? I've got to get to hospital. So I got to hospital. My mum did actually die, She, but it took four days. She didn't die then. But while she was dying, I was holding her hand, and one of the things I kept thinking was, I can't just... When my mum goes, I don't have any reason to come back to Margate. There's nothing, like, but I love Margate. I didn't realise how much I loved the place and and it's home and my mum is leaving and where is home, all these kind of ideas. And then I just called Carl up and said, yeah, all right, I'll do the building with you. So Carl and I bought this building, which we call the 60s. And we split it. I say we split it in half, but we didn't because technically Carl got a third more than me and Carl got the best side. So Carl didn't have to do as much work as me. But I got a very, very derelict, what we call the horseshoe, old stables building that was at the front. So I got this extra bit of strange space and that's where I live. That's what I live in.
1: When you was growing up here, do you recall going past this building?
2: Yeah, but this was like the industrial part of town and there were lots of men here kind of thing and early men in, like, working clothes and men, and it was like a real sort of macho part of town in a strange way and because there isn't much of Margate which is macho and there never really has been because it's a seaside resort. It's Max Bygraves, you know, Danny LaRue, it's like...
1: you cabaret know. it's like yeah
2: yeah exactly on it's, the
1: pier kind yeah, of entertainment
2: it's, yeah it's on the pier it's kiss me quick it's oh oh what i say you know <laughs> it's like patron <Right laughs> sort
1: of stuff yeah like. yeah exactly
2: you know um carry on films yeah. um, all of that stuff It, it uh, but this bit of town was the industrial little industrial bit where was all the newspapers were printed where everything was printed and um and so you never really had much cause to walk down here. Right. It was it was a different... It was like a different part of town, when actually it's right in the centre of town, which is kind of strange.
1: Why was it important for you to develop this space with Carl Friedman in Margate?
2: Well, um, Carl and I, um, when we were young, we were together. We were had a relationship. In We met in 1991... And we've been friends ever since. We had a relationship three and a half years and we always stayed really close friends. And I think all of what we're doing in Margate actually is a testament of our love that we had when we first met each other. And Carl is just such an honest, straightforward person and incredibly funny and he he doesn't make decisions lightly he's really and really sincere as well so he's a perfect person to buy a building with because he's not going to let me down and we know each other well enough so it was a good a good thing to do but it's, i mean it's a brave thing to do to buy a derelict building
0: together well, yeah. but it. to
1: not also do it on your own to, to want to share this next chapter in your careers your lives with him
0: and to be neighbours, like direct neighbours, because we're literally connected by the building. Yeah, maybe I should have thought about.
1: It <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's worked out amazingly yeah. for you guys.
2: Yeah, but we're like family, so yeah, you well. know, it's it's like it's we're really connected and we trust each other, and that's that's why it works. It's good, and also it's a really good sort of energy. Um, and the most brilliant thing is that not only is there. Carl's Gallery is next door, but also counter-editions, print studios, and what do I do? I'm a printmaker, so I've got this fantastic facility right next door to my studio, which is amazing.
1: Well, we'll well, let's get on to that. But people coming to your work will see a lot of uh, your experiences in Margate and quite traumatic experiences you had as a kid. Was there a moment where you had to kind of put demons to rest because it must have been quite triggering being back in Margate and the experiences that you had, and we've seen that through your art.
2: Well, I'll be really, really honest with you. You said how long has this taken? So it's taken from, saw the building in 2016, bought it in two thousand beginning of 2017, and I moved in last year, last July. Mm-hmm. So it took four, four years, and... um I, and, and part of that was because I was ill and part of that was because of COVID and, you know, all this kind of thing. And and the, the, the amount of work and the size of the place, it actually didn't take that long, really. Um, but all the time it kept being delayed. <laughs> Secretly, it, deep down inside, I think part of me was quite relieved because I think I was dreading it coming back because I was frightened that the ghost would come back. Yeah. The ghost of the past would yeah. come back, the darkness, because when I, when I was here in 2012 for my show at Turner Contemporary, I stayed in an Airbnb for two weeks, and I I, I had the most awful like psychological trauma. Um, I was really affected, and it was quite it was almost like everything from my past come flying back into my head quite aggressively. Mm. And I kind of went, felt a bit nutty or something. Oh. and And I was really frightened that I would come back to Margate, build all this studio and do all this stuff, and then go, I can't be there, it's too heavy for me, it's too much, I can't cope with the past, I can't cope. But actually... The absolute and then I thought, well, do you know what I do? I'll come back and I'll make all these really dark paintings mm-hmm. and get it all out of my system, and I'll be in the place. And but almost before before I lived here, before I was ill, when I come down to Margate, I'd walk, walk and walk and walk and walk, and I'd walk down where I lived. I'd walk down alleyways. I'd walk down all these places, all these things, and I'd actually conjure up the past, bring it to to the foreground of things. And I think by the time I came here, it was gone. And also the other most amazing thing about Margate, the Margate of my past has been washed away by Margate itself. Margate has done it. So the the, the Margate I knew when I was really young doesn't exist anymore. Margate Margate went to rock bottom too. Margate had to start at the beginning with itself. And this new beginning of Margate is a completely new place. And so it actually feels really uplifting to be here. It feels pioneering. It feels like new energy. It and it feels fresh and it feels exciting. So the Margate that I thought I was coming back to isn't here anyway. This new Margate is. So every so like I feel like a new person. Margate's like a new place. And it is I said to someone the other day, it's a bit like having saying, Oh, I had this really weird dream about Margate. Well, it looked like Margate, but everything was different. That's what's happened, but everything's different for the better.
0: Also, I think what I've taken from having moved here is this sense of community, and I hadn't realised, like, living in London, how lonely I felt. And I think, is it the same for you? Because, it, like, for example, we went to Angela's today, the restaurant, and you've become really good friends with the owners of that restaurant, and it's interesting to think of all these new friendships we've got, which all feel, to me, quite like they're old friends, but they're actually all quite new friends, but they're really good people. Yeah, well, everyone, like,
2: all, like, it was really good. Last night we went to the new mayor's, or I can't say the word. Inauguration. Inauguration. And and it was so cool. We were in the church in Cecil Square for this inauguration. And the half of the, the church was full of, like, people you'd expect to see at a mayoral Inauguration. 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 And then there was all these people with lots of different coloured hair.
1: <laughs> with, Which were you.
2: <laughs> I sat with the different coloured hair people. And um, and we were all really excited and we were all really enthusiastic and we were all clapping and we were all excited about the new mayors and the new deputy mayor and everything. and And it was like you Know this is really community, and we and we all had to we take it, we could take it in terms of stand up to say what we would like the mayors to do and how we'd like things to be changed. And everybody was really passionate. And then afterwards, you know, I had we, we were debating stuff with each other, and we were looking at the new plans for Cecil Square, which a local architect Sam Corso has done. And we were going, Wow, well, this, you know, and we we're all really enthusiastic. And we all believe that we can change Cecil Square, for example. We believe that we can change elements of the seafront. We believe that we can plant trees. We believe all of this stuff. Whereas in London, you cannot believe that. You have Mm. zero chance of changing anything. In London, you are screaming, banging your head against a wall. And especially as a creative person or as an artist, nobody takes us seriously because all that is taken seriously in big cities now is commerce and money. And sadly, not the aesthetics of life, not not the beauty of life, not everything's in a hurry, everything's in a rush. Mm. And and Margate is like a really also friends that came down to um today um here were talking about how beautiful the architecture is they're going wow they're going well some bits are really run down or this that but even all the tiny little terrace streets are really sweet and pretty the big georgian houses the squares the this so that but it, it's not gentrified and there's and the other thing as well people go oh don't you think all of you moving to margate is going to gentrify it? i went i wish like, no chance <laughs> you know margate just isn't like that that is not how margate is that's not how the people are that's not how the energy is it's a very real real place here
1: it feels like a bit san francisco-y Do you know i mean back in the day when everyone sort of came here because they wanted to live their life here it's like a lot of people go away and come back like yourself they find themselves in margate because they want to better themselves because they want to be more creative because they want that community spirit and that's the energy here it feels like our sort of art hub our sort of cultural creative center of the country
2: yeah, which is well, I said this. We're not, we're not lights on in Dreamland. About six years ago, I actually said, let's make Margate the epic creative epic centre of Britain, and people said, wait, it's not in the centre. I said, the centre's where you are, of course. And even if we're on the far flung out edge of England on the northeast you know, coast, the windiest place in Britain actually for a gust of wind, it doesn't mean to say that we can't be in the centre, we can't make the centre. And I think that's what everyone here is doing. So you have like a, a, a Lee from Doris and his wife, they've they, they got sustainable Michelin stars. Which are like gold dust, you know. And they've got two and it's in Margate and mm-hmm. this is so brilliant. All my foodie friends who come here, you know, they go, Oh my god, this food is amazing. Well, yeah, it is actually. And it's like two minutes walk away.
1: It's gotta be the city of culture at some point, hasn't it? Well, That's I th- what Tracy well,
2: was saying. We're a town, but we're a town, but um, we I think like town
0: slash city of culture.
2: Yeah. I said like why not why not for twenty thirty or something.
0: Yeah, it could definitely happen. And it would be so cool because it is like this sort of uh, meeting point of all different creativity. That's the thing. It's not just one thing. It's not one discipline. It's all these really interesting people. There's musicians here, songwriters, filmmakers, documentary makers, you know, craftspeople. It feels like the
1: South Bank Show Awards. (laughs) When you go and sit there, you look at every table, and there's an architect, there's a poet, there's a singer, there's an actor, there's a presenter, and you're all on the same table having the same conversation, having the same meal, celebrating the awards. It feels like this this town is bringing everybody Mm. to its centre.
2: Yeah, and and and, well, probably people at this point will start going, (laughs)
1: Margot. Will they
2: just shut up talking about Margot like that? Come here. That's what I'd say to those people, come yeah. here and see what it was like. Like today, it was so brilliant. There was, uh, it, you know, there was like a, different people, load of us meeting up, you know, and we go we go to Angela's for, for, I mean, it's unbelievable that we got a table today, but it was a late table, but it was really fantastic, fantastic food. Then we all go to Walpole Bay and they, they all of you go swimming, you know. It's it, it's just so cool and so beautiful and it's and also the other thing is there's a really good um, LGBT...
1: LGBTQI+. Yes.
2: Scene <laughs> <laughs> um, here that's really cool. And oh, it's super like, queer, yeah. Yeah, and unlaboured and just really just cool and, like, it, it's just, you know, sort of, I know it's silly, but I sort of boast that we've got two gay bookshops in a really tiny, tiny town. A lot of tiny towns this size don't even have any
0: bookshops. Mm. That's true. Yeah, totally August and Davy Pitters. And Davy's showing loads of craft and um, art by queer makers as well, which is really, really cool. And it is really funny. A friend of ours was saying it's the queerest town in Britain and people just don't believe it, but it is. That's what Margate sort of transformed into. Yeah.
1: Um, so the, the last time we spoke and then uh, between that, people have been waiting for you to make work again. And you were saying here you thought you might come here and make really dark paintings. So I've got two questions Is have you started making work again? And has the work changed to what you thought it would be now you're in Margate at this time in your life?
2: Well, weird thing is, um, I made all the work that I've made in, in my show at the moment, A Journey to Death, was made here in Margate in the print studio, Count Traditions, and, um, and the work is really dark. It's really dark. It's really black. It's really dark. It's really... Dark. It's really different from any other work I've made. It's all self-portraits and it's all about my journey to death or our journey to death, Mm -hmm. all of us. And and it's also brilliant. I made it here in Margate and I've shown it here in Margate and it's the first new body of work I've shown since being ill and it's probably one of the best shows that I've ever done. In terms of, like, one clear, you, you know... One clear feeling, and emotion. People, I know people go into that gallery feeling one way, and they come out feeling a different way. And for me, that's what art is about. That's what art should do. It should shift your own, shift your centre, make you feel different, shake you up, make you think different, make you see the world different. And and I think this show does that. So I'm, I'm really, really. I shouldn't say I'm happy with it. I'm relieved with it, totally relieved because it's really big work as well. And the and the mono screen prints um, are really physical, and I only have like half hour, forty minutes to do each one, and the chance of them going wrong is pretty high, and the chance of them technically going wrong is pretty high, and the fact that I managed to do eleven is is really incredible. Well, All let's things.
1: talk about the show. So, when did you when did the show become a realised idea? Why did you choose to do? Uh, the screen printing process rather than a painting show. And this the exciting thing about this is that if this print studio didn't exist, if, if you hadn't taken this Margate step, this show wouldn't exist. And this show has been such a success and been so well received and an incredible show. But when did it become realised and when did you think, you know what, I'm going to do a huge print show?
2: Because Carl, Carl really pushed me. Carl and Rob, when I I, I came out of hospital, I came here in September too soon, too early, shouldn't have done because I was still far too ill. And the first few days I was here, I think I saw you too, the first few days I was here, I went out these mega walks and become really unwell and just spent 10 days in bed. I couldn't move. I couldn't get back to London. I couldn't move or whatever. And Carl and Rob were coming to see me and everything. And I know we were just, it was like really sad because it seemed like oh she's made survived the surgery she's you know survived the cancer and there i was laying in bed looking like like i had not you know and it was really worrying and then i i think i got i got up and i went over to see them and there was some um the acetates, not acetates. What's it called? You yeah, like films? The films, yeah. For, L- for lithographs. For lithographs, and I, I, uh, I, just had some ink and everything, and just started doing. It wasn't even really set up for me. It was just there, and I, I, just did this sort of mad drawing of myself, of my face, and they looked. And thought, that was quite good. And I said, "Oh, I might do another one." Did another one, and then we were just joking and laughing, and and I started to cheer up quite a bit, and we, it was just really. Nice, just being cosy, and I did a few, and then I did, um, and then I came back and I did some more, and then I said, oh, it'd be brilliant if if I had like a whole set of self-portraits, if, like I oh, said, so maybe we could show them. It was just like sort of. And then Carl did an online show, didn't he? Yeah, it was just the first two you
0: made that you're talking about. The was first just two and four
2: the first two I made well, before before I found That's out I right. had cancer. That's right. And then the others was after the cancer. exactly. Yeah. And then we did that on because it was all lockdown, so we yes. did that online and show. We, and we them. hung them up in the we room. Hung, yeah,
0: and we even painted the wall a kind of red that Tracy chose. Mm. It was like a really particular kind of almost like this this sofa we're sitting on, mm. really rich red color. And um and we hung them up and photographed it. And then Tracy did an interview in front of them, and it sort of looked so incredible, but no one could see it because it was closed because of um, the pandemic. We weren't allowed visitors, so we tried to make this kind of virtual exhibition, OVR thing. Yeah, which in a way became the seed of this exhibition. Yeah. And like, and and I
2: said oh it would be really good if I did do a show I'd love to do a show but it seemed like the idea of me doing a show here in Margate or whatever how could it work what could we do and then Carl had bought this really giant screen screen press screen bed massive eight foot by six foot or whatever and Carl bought it initially like a couple of years ago before I was ill, with this idea that Tracy should work on this. I bought this for Tracy. Tracy would be br- cause it, because this is Tracy's machine. I want to <laughs> see Tracy working on it. And the idea was that I would stand on top of the screen and paint you mm-hmm. know, and then we, whatever. But, of course, with the cancer, with how I am now, and everything, that was never going to happen. And I kept being ill and kept feeling unwell and whatever, and I kept saying to Carlos, as soon as I feel well, as soon as I feel well, I'm going to do those last screen prints. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then from about October to January, I swam every day. I t- exercised. I tried to get stronger. I tried to feel better. And I said to him, first day back in January, mm. I'll do it. And it was January the fourth, you know, like after the mm. holidays, mm. and they set it all up, <laughs> and we went for a walk around the block. I just, before, before, because I was just trying to put it off and put it off. Yeah, we turned thinking, up late. Carl and everyone were waiting. Yeah, we six for o'clock. I turned up. I was supposed to be there at like two or something. I turned up at six o'clock, and then just and Carl's a bit pissed off with me because like because I was late and everything, whatever. Not really, not badly, but disappointed because everyone was like waiting for me, and I just walked in and went. <clears throat> Like I can just did this, and Carl, everyone was like, ah. Watching me do this painting on the screen And I did it in like half an hour or whatever
0: And we printed it up and it was brilliant It was such a funny thing as well because we'd Prepared inks like that Whole day and Carl and I And Andrew who's the master printmaker all there, my colors, Andrew Curtis like Tracy had colors. looked at her paintings And chosen colours and we'd, we'd Got all these inks in like blues And purples and all that kind of like French palette when she was in the south of France Tracy walked in and she's like where's the black And she was like where's the white And that was all she wanted and she said I want to make black paint and we were like what you're gonna make black paintings like it just wasn't what we envisaged but you had such a clear idea of the body of work you wanted to make
2: Mm. and I did it and it Just like the whole thing came out, was just really, really amazing. Just it just flowed out of me. It was like nonstop. It was like it had all been trapped inside with the cancer, with different things, with emotions, with love, with heartbreak, with everything you can think of that was emotional. Just all come flying out. Like it was like out out of control. It was like I, I. And I had to do it so fast as well. You have to do it. You only have like half... See, most people do a mono screen print on small, like probably no bigger than, say, two foot by three foot maximum. Because when it dries, the ink dries, it it goes white. So you'd have big white marks. Or if it's too wet, it goes like a Goethe Richter and you have all these lines pulling through it. Like a squidgy. Squidgy, exactly. So... If you don't want squidgy and you don't want it to be too dry, to get that balance is really difficult. But I did printmaking degree, so I understand about the viscosity of inks. And, of course, Andrew being such a, Andrew Curtis being such a brilliant printer, he totally understands. And between us, we, we got this really good balance of me understanding where to load, what you call loading the inks up, where to load it up on the screen, where to do the lines, where to you know have it thinner what what to do and and they all worked it was just incredible it was like it's like an alchemy like magic it was brilliant
1: so what is the science what is the timeline for you putting the paintbrush down and getting it screen printed 40
2: minutes 35 minutes
1: and if you leave it too long it, you...
2: you don't get anything it would just be dry because all the screen will get clogged
1: and they become lithographs or what is it becomes a what what is the end product? It's
0: called a mono. M- m- we monos- call them monotypes. Monotype. Monotype. Yeah. So but it's what, a screen printing process. It's not a lithographic process.
1: What is it? for the people who don't know? What is a lithograph?
0: A well, lithograph originally would have been done on stone or on
1: metal. Okay.
2: And and you etch into the stone or you etch into the metal. And where you etch, in, it's not. But it's not like a uh, um, etching. It, it just it. Marks and and the ink is picked up where the mark is, and then it, you put and then you put the ink onto the plate, and it gets rolled up onto a roller, and then on the roller, the roller puts the ink onto the paper.
1: And with the monotype, and
2: you can do lots of them again and again
1: right. and again. So yes, you can print it again and again. Yeah. But why can you not in the process you're working in? Why can that not be printed again and again the same image?
2: Because there's only one you only have one go at it, that's why it's mono, one. So it's not even a print, it's, it's not even a print, it's a process to make an image. To use the word print is wrong and people get it wrong, it's a one-off thing only and it's a process that you're using with the screening or, or like me before, I would do the mono
0: drawings, mono print drawings, mono type drawings, where you just have one. So, and essentially having watched it, because I was there the whole time yeah. she made this show, yeah. they're, they're eight by five foot. Um, screens and the screens have tiny holes in them and it's like a green screen and then with an aluminium kind of surround which can get locked into the screen bed later when you actually you know push the ink onto the paper and what tracy does (coughs) she makes a painting essentially in ink though not in paint and um creates this image but the thing that blew my mind was that tracy made that image back to front so she's doing it in reverse and of course you've spent years making mono um, mon- mono prints in yeah. drawings yeah. where you've had to draw back to front. So your mind probably works quite well back to front.
2: Yeah, and also the other thing as well, you have to do, um, it's good, you have to do this, um, the line you put on foot, fir- the line you put on first is the line that you're going to see. So you put the you put a black line on and then you co- the whole thing gets maybe covered up in white. You don't see it. You can't see what you've done anymore. It's just,
0: it just all looks quite smudgy. So you're weird. working
1: from the front back rather than yes. the yeah. forward. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and there's this
0: idea yeah. of, like, transformation, isn't there? There was yeah. this really kind of almost like we were all a bit terrified every time you're about to well, p- yeah. put, it, put it on the bed. And then Andrew and the team would get these squeegees and then pull the ink through the screen onto the paper. But because it's a painting, it's just one chance. It just, that ink will just disappear. There's
1: no photographic element. You Were know. you surprised every time you saw them, or could you see them in your mind's eye? No, you?
2: you can't. There's no way you can guess how it's going to be. It's impossible. That's why it's so much fun. That's why it was so exciting. So you did this really brilliant sort of like painting, drawing thing on a giant screen, and you really like it, and there's a good chance it could come out looking crap. But, and the other thing is, it does not come out looking like it does on the screen. It comes out really different. So you you sort of like judging and balancing, like in your mind, like mm, what will happen if I put more black on here, or if I put, make this ink thinner, or I mix up this grey and put them completely block it out there. Will that will that kill all the white, or will the white still come through, or will I still have those black lines underneath? You don't know. So so for example I do the drawing let's say of the figure really fast like that and then and then I'm doing say maybe doing her breast and they're white, all completely white, but I've got the black nipple on underneath. So I don't know if the black nipple's gonna come out at all or whether I'm just gonna have a white just like no no ink there, no, nothing there. And where that worked really brilliantly was on on the faces. There's one face, the one with the with the halo, where the eyes, instead of the lines the eyes coming out all black, they came out all white, oh, and it looks wow. really fantastic.
1: And is this a process that you want to keep exploring now, potentially with yeah, more colour or...?
2: No, but, I mean, I did it when I was at Maidstone College of Art in the, in the 80s, early 80s I did did them, monoprint. I wish I still had them, I don't have them, but um, I've got images of them, and I said that I could have probably, those mono prints that i made screen prints that i made when i was 21 22 i could have shown alongside these oh.
1: Did you destroy them, are these part of the works that you destroyed at some point in your career? Um,
2: I didn't just destroy them. I, lo- I lost loads, all my work on paper I lost for no fault of my own, but I won't go into that.
0: I, th- I think for me as well, what's so striking about these works is that they're kind of 2D, but they're 3D. So They're like flat, but they're really
1: deep. Well, people going up to them were trying to see the painterly yeah. surface. Yeah. But mm. there's a flatness there, so it's, it kind of throws you off. You're like, because yeah. you can't understand from a distance, they, 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 there's so much depth. That process is magic.
2: Yeah, and that's the other thing that was really good, you know, showing them at Carl's gallery, is because, um, you know, they works on paper as well, and I made them here. So it's,
0: it all makes sense, it's
2: all, you know...
0: Yeah, because you've had a long history of almost 30 years working with Carl on yeah. works on paper and prints, yeah. yeah. And then that process of making these monotypes... I saw it happen, kind of reawoke you, I think, as a mm. painter, because you then went to London <laughs> and actually began. You weren't even planning; she wasn't even planning on doing it, but you went to London and ended up painting. I Went to London for some medical,
2: medical, because I've got my house in London and I've got a studio there, and I went to London for some medical appointments, like my checkup and everything, and my scans, and part of it got delayed and I had to do some, so I had to wait like after the weekend. And and for me in London, the weekend, it's really quiet. And I thought, hmm, maybe I'll try and do some painting. Oh my God. I ended up staying in London three and a half weeks and I did finished 10 paintings. Wow. And I did all these new little tiny vagina paintings, which I really like. I just went mad. I did some really weird drawings. I was so happy, and it was the first time since my surgery that I danced as well. I put it was the, the some people were having some sort of karaoke party, and instead of me getting all sort of like oh, I'm nearly sixty and I've been ill, I thought, "Sod it, I'll crank up my music." So I did, <laughs> and I started dancing, and I was so and I was painting, and I was so happy, and it was it was like amazing. I felt like me again. It was so good, and part of that was because of this absolute force of energy that I had to use to make these monoprints you know and I thought well if I could do that I can I can move my arms again to paint you know I can do everything and it it was brilliant and, and it's good I made a painting that I've kept for myself which is really good so I'm happy about that
0: because I really felt like there was like a fear of returning to painting because mm. you weren't sure about your physical strength mm. because you couldn't even like carry a tray to give no. the listeners an idea like you were that physically weak yeah, in the well, muscle I've, wastage and
2: yeah I couldn't pick up a teapot and pour the, no. I couldn't pick up a kettle and put, put hot water into a teapot or anything I couldn't there was like loads of things I couldn't do and and still, well, there's loads of things I, c- I can't do with the bottom half of my body. And that sort of get f- f- annoyingly worse. But um, it, it's, you know, after that amount of surgery, it's like my surgeon says, it doesn't actually get much bigger than that. And I say to my doctor, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I don't feel well in this and that. And then my doctor says, I'll tell you what's wrong with you. You're not better yet. Yeah. It takes a long time. And, he, and they said to me, it's like... It's like if you fell out of an airplane, you wouldn't just get up and walk away. And that's basically what's happened to me, you
0: know.
2: Mm. I've had internal injuries that were, like,
0: incredible. And it will take a long time to heal. I actually thought some of the titles in the show referenced those kind of elements. There's something about, like, we fell from a thousand miles or or something. There was one of the titles of the works in the show. I can't remember which one it is now, but anyway. I kind of really liked that
1: idea. What is it like having, when we first met, you had your house and... You had many studios over the years, but they've always been separate from your house. Now, it feels like you have two houses now. We There is, it's fact. You have two houses now and your studio is connected to oh, both Three these. houses. In France, sorry, yes. Mm. Three houses and your studio, sorry about that. And your, <laughs> and your studio is connected to all of them.
0: Mm.
1: What, what is that like? And why was that never something that you had before?
2: Can I use one really good word? Cozy. <laughs> like my friends that know me really well now i don't like getting dressed i don't like going out i don't like getting dressed I don't like wearing makeup i like brushing my hair and being clean but i don't like all the other things to do with the outside world that demands that i have to be present i i like I, I like i i'm an insomniac i live 24 hours a day as an artist it's seven days a week 24 hours a day for the rest of my life I do not want to, like, get up and go to work to my studio. It's not a job, it's a vocation. It's like being an, it's like being in a religious order or sect or something, you know. I am it, I am here. You know, it's like being a nun or something. I, I don't want to be separated from what I love. I want to be as close to it as possible. And in London, my studio's in my house, and I've fallen asleep on the sofa in my studio because I want to sleep with my paintings. And I used to do that at tenter and not go home. I used to stay with my paint and like, I used to think, I know they feel better for it. And I feel better for it because I feel like there's a better connection with them. Also, it sounds silly, but it, it really, I really feel it. And I feel like when I'm close to the work, I can absorb it. And it goes through me and channels through me and I have a better energy with it. It's like, it's a real feeling. So I love working at home and my, you know, one of my favourite things to do, which will always, like, if you look now, I love working at the, I say the kitchen table, but the table, the dining room table, the kitchen table and sometimes for me, even just going into the studio is too much, it feels too vigorous but I've still got a lot of energy or something and Mm. I sit and I'll do lots of sketchbooks or or watercolours or or write letters with watercolours on or whatever and and it's a way of feeling um, like it's like a myopically connected.
0: Yeah. It's really funny, like being your neighbour, because I live on the same street and I often see you daily, like maybe in the morning before work, I'll pop in and say hi to you. And I'm always blown away by the amount of things you're creating, like little things, but like you'll, you'll make like gouaches or the other day you painted in a book. Like you actually painted on the pages of a book and wrote text, and there's always something new to discover. Like almost daily, it's really funny when my galleries come to see me, and, and like because I went been
2: on strike. This is interesting. I've been on strike with my galleries for like a year and a half now, down tools. So they they come and they go. Like Jay Jay came to see me and he goes he goes and he's looking all around here and he's like loves it all and everything. And then he goes through to the studio and he goes oh. And I go, what's wrong? He goes, I was hoping I'd open the door and just see loads of paintings. I said, no, because I'm on strike. And he goes, oh, for someone on strike, you certainly make more work and sell more work than anyone else I know. <laughs> it's like, and, and it's like, and it's true, when my galleries come, and I go, no, I haven't got any work, really. I haven't got anything. And I go, ooh, hold on a minute. And I pull out this little thing, and it's like a sort of little, I don't know watercolor and I go oh I actually I've got another one that goes with that somewhere and then, and then it turns out I've got like a set of 12 of these really beautiful watercolors or whatever and then I've got then I go I did actually do a painting but it's i don't know if you like it but it was like whatever and i pull it out from the racks and i've got this painting i said sort of like kind of goes well with it. and then by the time we finished i've got, got like a, show. a whole show <laughs> yeah and then now harry harry is the person that harry like curates my shows he like pulls everything out because i can't even remember what i've got or what i've done and there's all things tucked away and whatever and and harry goes i found all these watercolors in a book you know, or in a newspaper somewhere, you know or yeah. whatever yeah and and it, it's just really exciting how things come together and how' cause, so i don't i don't sit when i 'm putting in making a show, i don't sit around trying to make a show
0: right
2: ever all I try to do is make my art make what makes me feel better, and I always know as well, on a full moon i'm going to feel really creative and want to really go for it. Mm.
0: So that's Harry Weller, who's your creative director and yeah. has worked with you since he was 18. Yeah. And he's now, like, early 30s. And he's actually just done that very thing. So he came in here recently and has helped curate a show that's going to open in Edinburgh. Yeah. Which uh, is really exciting at Jupiter Artland, where we recently, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, yeah. we actually went and did a talk art um, special in Edinburgh at Jupiter Artland. It,
2: well, Jupiter's bought... Um, oh, not bought. They, they've it like... Um, loaned. No, they have acquired.
0: Right, acquired. Yeah, bought.
2: bought <laughs> have. It's theirs. Yeah. A really big bronze of mine called um, "I Lay Here for You," and be, and this was supposed to have been unveiled like a couple of years ago, but COVID and cancer, then cancer, and this and that, and then last year, and I didn't want to, I didn't feel well enough, and also i was supposed to, I'm supposed to do just like a modest show there as well, so, like drawings or something, and and. I didn't want to do the show because I said I haven't got any work and I don't feel well enough to have a show or whatever. Hey, and lo and behold, Harry goes. (laughs) Harry's got. There's a whole show happening, you know. And also, I found this. We found this really beautiful painting that I did about maybe mm, seven years ago that I that I never used to like, and but. I love it, I would just find it so beautiful, it's so good, this really beautiful sort of peachy big bottom thing. It's really sensual and really soft and really beautiful and really sexy and it goes so well with the vaginas and with everything else and it's all about this sort of, like I lay here for you, I am here for you, I give myself to you and it's all. it all works, it's really good. And so there I am, I've got my show here with Carl and then... Next week, I've got my show at Jupiter opening with new work, with a whole new set of drawings as well, big drawings. And I'm kind of – it's exciting to see
0: it all come together. And for those who haven't been to Jupiter, it's an amazing kind of landscaped uh, paradise, really, where you can walk around and you can see public sculptures, like in nature. Mm. And Tracy's sculpture, I Lay For You, is actually installed in a forest. So you can walk through and then that's all these trees, which actually – Echoes the vagina paintings that you yeah. made because they almost look like forests. Really. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's what they're, I said. they're
0: really small little squares,
1: aren't they? And they're they're pink. And... Or like knots in trees or something. So what
2: did you think they were? What? I
1: Didn't I thought they were trees? Did I say that to you? No, you.
0: What did it, I say? You thought they were something else. Ah, oh, can't Penguins. remember. Penguins. Oh, owls, maybe. Owls.
1: That's... i was like, no, it's a vagina. You can tell he's gay. Yeah, she was like, that she was owl? like no, you vagina. of all people. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think I went from owl to forest and then it was like, oh, it's a vagina. A
1: giant
0: yeah. Um, it's a natural progression. It's going to be so exciting and I'm, I'm actually going to go up. It's, it's opening at the end of May and then that runs, I think, all summer and then Carl's show runs until the 19th of June. So.
1: Do you have a title for the Jupiter Artland show?
0: Isn't it I Lay Here For You? Yeah, is it uh, Mm nice? Yeah, I think it's it's from the sculpture. sculpture, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done, Rob.
1: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at (laughs) mintmobile.com.
1: So you'll find yourself making these works and then forget about them. You sort of get into a trance or a zone and then it's Harry's job to archive them and look after everything and make sure the things are safe.
2: Well, no, it's Joe's job to archive them really, and Harry's job to know exactly where they were, are and how many there are and what we've got and what we haven't got and and we did, we did when we thought I was going to die, that was a big issue as well, but luckily for years, I've had a, quite a good archive and kept kept my archive quite well so um uh but it was still a sort of panic situation. It was like you know. Harry went, oh, my God, there's so much stuff, stuff. So going back to Margate, that's one good thing about the stuff element. Um, I'm really working out what to do with the buildings here, how to curate them. How to look after them, what to do with them, and it, that's it become something really exciting now. So it's like I'm going to have like a a living museum, not a museum where people can go to, but somewhere where I can put all my stuff and mm. all my things and my art collection of other people, and 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 that, and it's going to be really, it's going to be really good because when I do die, it's all going to be here and it's all going to be ready to go for a museum
0: and actually in your 60s building Mm. you have like boxes of like photographs you've taken over the past kind of 40 years or something and they all have like labels on the front and it will say like me and carl in america on a road trip and it has the dates and the year and everything but they're all just there and it's like unbelievable it's so cool like the, the that kind of archive yeah
2: it's really in good order it's in good it's yeah. It won't be that difficult after I die, and then people, you know, someone could curate a show of my photos, for example, or curate a show of my writing, or a, curate a show of my collection of other people's art, or something, you know.
1: Is it so? It's really important to you what happens to your work after you die. It's something you consciously think about now.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and and also like I've even got a list of people whose um, my work mustn't be shown next to.
0: Which is obviously locked up somewhere.
1: I'm not even going to bother ask
2: you. No, but uh, but I've also got, like, you know, yeah, I'm quite, quite... And people say, well, it doesn't matter because when you're dead, you're dead. And I go, no, when you're dead, you're a poltergeist and you come back and you... (laughs) take your work off the wall and you throw it, you throw it across the floor and you say, I said, don't hang my work there. <laughs> <You know?
1: laughs> Future curators listening now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, be prepared.
0: I really love this idea of legacy, though, and I think that's led to so much change in your life recently because if you think of all the projects you're doing here, mm. including the incredible art
1: school. Let's talk about the art school. Artist that's, studio. That's like. the embargo yeah, down. But can I just out. say something
2: as well? Though? I'm a bit worried... Uh, actually, that might be sounding sort of conceited and sort of full of myself.
1: No, why would you say that? Why do you think that? (laughs) I mean, we know you've got three houses with studios (laughs) attached, but apart from that, (laughs) apart from being full of yourself with the houses, with your property empire, no, it's great.
2: Yeah, but my property empire, okay, is like, I always always say it's because I never took drugs. I reckon my first house that I bought... Cost the same amount of money as what other people putting up their noses at the time mm.
0: Mm. but also i think if you've been homeless as you have been yeah. a few times in your life like the idea of having a home and bricks and mortar is probably more important than ever before like if you're able to afford it
2: yeah it is i think i think being homeless how i was as a child and as a teenager, and then again as an adult, by no, no fault of my own, I think it's is, is horrific. Anybody who knows how it is, not... And then when I was a teenager as well, the homelessness was brutal. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, I don't want to go back to my mum and dad's. <laughs> there was nowhere to go back to. I had nowhere to go. And when you're 16 and you have nowhere to go... I mean, I was sort of not much older than a child. It's really scary, and I swore to God that I'd never be in that situation again. Mm-hmm. And also, I try to help other. I make, you know, I I try to make help other people as well. So, but anyway, the school, the art school, the property. What do I love? Art and property. <laughs> so I've now bought this old barbs in victoria road in margate and it's just the most perfect art school it's just brilliant it lends itself to studios everything and what do you talk- mean
1: baths like bath or like a- no a
2: bath bath house. so so back in like the 1900s here in margate there was all these guest houses and hotels and butlins and all this kind of thing all the people who worked there didn't have anywhere to wash so they had to have houses. So you come and for a penny or whatever, you've got your towel and your soap and your hot water and you had your bath run. You got in the bath. You did this once a week and you had your bath. And at the, in the same grounds, there was a morgue for bodies that were found at sea. So we, had this, it, the building is really lovely, this little morgue building. And we're renovating all of that. So, and the Is that gonna be
1: an artist studio as well? No, it? it's
2: not. It's gonna be going back to Dory's in Margate and the Angela's, um uh Lee, they're gonna turn that I handing the building, I'm I'm renovating the building, then I'm handing it over to them, and they are gonna have a like a sort of I'm not allowed to call it catering school. I think it's like a
0: training kitchen. Training kitchen for chefs, kitchen oh, wow. for chefs yeah. and for hospitality and everything. And the best bit is they've got a ready audience of all the students who need to be eating food. Oh, sorry, So, it'll so it would like be, a like, be a kind of like a restaurant, like a lunch place. and
1: everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was this place completely derelict as well? Like, no, it
2: wasn't derelict. Hmm. The, 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 this The bathhouse in the morgue wasn't derelict and it's brilliant. So I've been able to go... Go in there and move really fast on it. But what
1: was it? What was it? Was it still a bathhouse and a morgue?
2: No, no.
0: It was a a technical. It was like a high tech school for like computer teaching. Oh, okay. And they'd they'd gone into um, you know hard times after COVID. After COVID, and the building
2: had to be sold. Yeah, and really fast. And so I stepped in and bought it really fast. Yeah, and she helped save
0: that charity essentially, so they didn't have to go bankrupt.
1: And has it it got original features in there?
0: Um, Yeah, it has. Mm. Yeah, it's got
2: all the – but I'm just putting in – at the moment, I'm just putting in all the the original skylights back.
0: Um, I know, so you are actually doing quite a lot there on yeah, the renovation yeah, yeah. level. Because there was a men's side and a women's side for the baths, and there are these two beautiful kind of um, Victorian – like, how would you describe them as, like, buildings, I, I guess? Yeah,
2: with, with, with lantern skylights. Yeah, lantern and skylights.
1: And when it comes to renovations, because you're doing it, a lot every year it seems like you have a building you have a project. Do you have a team that you trust completely that you literally go, yeah. right, come and then mice, get together. Well the mice
2: being the wood, yeah. <laughs> I call them the wood mice, yeah. And my brother as well. So I've got i I've got um Nusons, who are a family business of carpenters and builders. And then I've got the painters who uh, and they're really fantastic. Like they've they've been painting in my houses and everything for about oh 12 years or something and then my brother paul my twin brother who's carpenter joiner and he's been really in charge of a lot of what's been going on at the moment and it's it's really exciting and it's lovely working with my twin brother we it's so exciting because he knows exactly what i like cuz sis she won't like that And he's right. I don't like
0: it. I know, because your taste is much more about sort of taking care of a building and restoring it to what it could have been rather than it being flashy. It's never like you do anything flashy. It's more like, and that's what I love so much on a civic pride level, is that I've heard like even Andrew's daughter, when she saw the the kind of um, wrap around the building, what do you call that, like... um, the hoarding. Yeah, the bo- the hoarding. Yeah. When the hoarding came down, she was just almost in tears as a kind of 13-year-old girl because her town looked beautiful for the first time. And it's because you've almost restored every brick and, like, you know, all the pointing. and the, It looks like a traditional building, mm. but it's in really good nick now. And I, I loved that in Venice back in 2007 when you actually restored the British Pavilion as yeah. well. Like, you seem to really have a, a love for yeah, the history did, of I, a building. I
2: never got thanked for that.
0: No. I never got thanked for
2: it which upset me a bit. Mm. So, um, you know, I really spent a lot of my budget on restoring the pavilion because it was in such a bad way and uh, it looked really beautiful, my show.
1: This is when you represented Great Britain? Yeah,
2: yeah
1: the grand britannia yeah pavilion but
2: let's go back to margate
1: yes yeah. oh yeah we're, so not, we're not the future about people enough.
0: that will represent great britain <laughs> at the Venice You're yeah, probably yeah. going to be students at your art yeah. school
2: so so my art school is basically there's two 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 levels there's there's space for about 15 20 students who don't pay who have a residency for two years And they all work together in what I call nursery because it was the nursery of this place and it's a really big area and they all work there and there'll be a syllabus and they'll be told what to do and they have to do it. And then there's another lot of people who are uh, either professional or semi-professional artists and they will have studios and they will pay studio rent. But the thing with the studio rent is... Um, it won't be astronomically high, and it, that includes heating, Wi-Fi, 24-hour access, and security. And it's all year round. And it's all year round yeah. as well.
1: And will you lecture there? Will you... Yes. Yes.
2: Yes.
0: As well, everybody she knows, so I think we'll probably be lecturing yeah. there too. Every,
2: everybody, I, everybody I know. So, for example, you and do this interview with me, and I'll go, yeah, okay, I'll do it. As long as you give a lecture about talk art,
1: we could do that with amb- yeah. absolute pleasure. Mm.
2: As long as you get your publishers to give my art school a load of books.
0: Mm.
2: As long as, <laughs> and, and the other thing as well, everyone knows I'm really good at wheeling and dealing, but I never, <laughs> I don't, I, I sort of like don't do it, but I will do for my art school. I definitely will, you know, because it's not for me, it's for the future and it's for education and it's for art education and it's to also to give people an opportunity and a chance. I was very lucky. I got full grant. I started my degree when I was 20. I finished when I was 23, took a year out, went to the Royal College of Art, got a full scholarship bursary, and it was the the Lad Foundation, and it was amazing. Um, otherwise, I could never have gone to the Royal College of Art. I could, I just wouldn't have had the stamina mm. to do another two years in higher education w- because I had no money. I was so broke. And at Maidstone, I completely excelled. And the only reason why I got a place at Maidstone is because there was a clause that, um believe it was something like a genius clause, where one in 100 people could go without the proper qualifications to do a degree, but that meant, like, maybe you won A level short. It didn't mean to say you had nothing like mm-hmm. I had, and and I just like going to art schools, like, oh, my best. I mean, God, look, it's amazing.
0: And at your art school, you don't need to have previous qualifications, as no, such. because more you're not, about...
2: gonna, but you're not going to get any qualifications either. So mm. why would you need any qualifications mm. if you're not going to get any qualifications? The only thing you're going to get at my art school is to understand how difficult it is to be an artist and how much stamina you need and how much belief in yourself you need so what will you be looking for
0: with with you know with there's these only students.
2: one criteria and that's determination that's it so that's what i'm looking for and also i said to someone because it's all because it's it's all me it's all backed by me um if if i happen to have like 20 men that are over 65, with beards, <coughs> that have got pipes. Sounds like Matisse. <laughs> right? And that's that's it. If I happen to have, like, 15 girls, like 17, mm. that all wear high shoes and glittery eye makeup, but they're all really, really talented, mm. that's it.
0: And you were talking I'm, to me about motivation as well, yeah. like this idea of, like, being motivated. It's such an interesting yeah, thing. But I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, but
2: what I'm saying to you is I'm not going to be saying, oh, well, I've got to, like, oh, it's got to be, you know, for... When I went to the Royal College of Art, they sort of picked the year like a football team. Right. You know, this person's good in wing defence, this person's good goalie, this person's this, this. You know, so they had this whole variant of different people... And, and I'm not going to be doing that. I'm just going to be looking for what I find interesting and what I want or what my team of people are looking for. So I want to find, you know, people that just have something sort of extraordinary about them.
1: So can we pitch artists to you, for example? Yep,
2: you can. But also, but, but people have to apply. There'll be a, there'll be a thing on Instagram and it will say, this is how you get the application form. People have to get an application oh. form there to fill it all in. You're going
1: to get a lot of people. Yeah,
2: well, it doesn't matter how many people we get. We'll see. And we'll see how long it takes to go. For... And then we'll, then, then we'll interview a certain amount of people. And then once the people have been interviewed, we'll then offer them places. And, but they'll have to move to Margate or they have to live already, live in Margate, or they have to live in the area. And it's the same with the studios. But the one thing that is really brilliant about about the whole experience is those people will get exposure. Those people will get criticism. They'll have people looking at their work. They'll have um, the the semi-professional, professional professional artists will be looking at the unprofessional artists' Mm -hmm. work and vice versa, and we'll be having group seminars we will be having lectures and the lectures will be open to the public and open to the other art schools in Margate as well and and it will all and we and also there's a big car park there and i said in the summer we might do like uh, outside outside drawing classes
0: oh so people God, can just come seven.
2: people can just come with a sketchbook hardback sketchbook and then and then we'll do life drawing or do drawing in yeah you know, for like 100 people or whatever
0: And it's so cool because we've got Open School East here, which is a free art school as well. And then you've got the Margate um, School, which is linked to a French um, higher education facility. And then you've even got a younger one, like Arts Education Exchange, which Tracy has championed in the past. And it's so brilliant to think that It's not about those schools competing, but it's about those schools sort of coming together. And the idea that we could do a lecture and talk about even if we did it and we did a talk our evening or something, that everyone can come and it's kind of open to all. It really is about the community. And I also was really into the idea that the students bring their portfolio. It's about their work. Yeah, they have to bring their portfolio
2: for an interview. Yeah, for the interview.
0: It's really like traditional And They have to talk
2: about their work. Yeah. And if they can't do that, then how are they possibly going to be an artist? And then also the other thing is, we have a, a like he's talking about what is the what is the teaching criteria. what how what what, mm. what so it's basically we if there's um, like a, an assignment and they don't do it, then they're given a yellow card. If they don't do it again, they don't come to a lecture. They're given a yellow card. Third yellow card, they're out like football.
1: And you're going to be quite strict yeah. with that. And and when
0: someone's unwell or something Yeah, within, yeah, yeah, they've yeah. so got a good excuse. And you've mm. you've hired someone to actually sort of run the yeah. program, haven't yeah. you? And um she's really extraordinary yeah. as well. And she's a photographer herself. So yeah. Until, when is
1: this going to be open?
0: Well, I'm hoping September.
1: September 2022 this year. Yeah. And what are you calling it?
2: Well, I'm, it keeps changing. I did. It was TK Studios.
0: Like Tracy Karima MN. Yeah. Mm. I like that TK. Yeah. 'Cause it's quite easy to remember. And also I had it because I was like, Do you want loads of mini Emmons? You know, like people that do figurative paintings. And Tracy was like, No way. The last thing I want is mini Emmons. Like she really does want to support people who have completely different types of art to her own. So, so I think that's really cool.
1: What is I mean, what does that give you knowing that you've you're achieving that and that is something that you're putting I'm, in the world. First of
2: all, I'm gonna to try to achieve it. Mm. Right. And there's a reason why these things don't haven't really happened before. And maybe it's because no one really wanted to do it. A number of artists have had art schools before that have been really successful, though. So, but each in America and stuff like that. Mm. And, um, you know, like I just heard that the Royal College of Art is they're going to change their MA in painting to a one year course.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, why? It's a really rich college. Why is it doing that? You know, if anything, it should be saying we're going to be changing it to a three-year course, mm. not a one-year course. Why do you course. think they're doing that? Because because they say they don't have money.
1: Yeah,
0: it's all about funding and
2: stuff. It's all about funding. It's all about, you know, but I just, I just think that... And also I just get really upset about the fact that this government, at the moment, doesn't value art. No. Doesn't value the creative arts, doesn't value design, doesn't value, doesn't understand how important it is from whether it's design to whether it's like a good um um you know, whether it's a, a good factor for the soul. Art is good for the soul. Yeah.
1: Well, it's what we do as humans, it's storytelling, it's how we really connect on a deeper level. When words aren't enough, we make yeah. art.
2: Yeah, but also with art, you have a feeling, it resonates like a feeling.
1: Yeah. It's intangible, isn't it? It's something yeah. you can't tax, yeah. it's something you can't eradicate. No, it is. We talk about this a lot on Talk about but how offensive it feels to be made to or be told that it's superfluous what we're doing. It doesn't really matter. It's so offensive.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like so. It's like saying that someone would think that everything I've done in all of my life has no, no importance to anyone. Well, it bloody does, and they're wrong.
1: Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Love. So before we get into final questions, we've got Jupiter Artland coming up. You have the show here, Journey to Death, at Carl Friber Gallery Margate, and then we have a sculpture going into Oslo.
2: But it's not a sculpture,
1: is it? It's a giant, a giant,
2: a giant going into Oslo. We've got the mother, yeah. The mother, the let's mother. Uh,
1: let's talk about this then and, and why Oslo and Norway is important to you.
2: Well, I love Monk,
0: and Monk loves me. And- <laughs> <laughs> I actually did say that if he came to Journey to Death, there's that portrait of Tracy where it's like, um, it's called The End of the Day and it's just a kind of smaller work. It's one of the only smaller works in the show. But I was like, Monk would love that one. I said it to Jonathan Jones. He was like, how do you know that? I was like, I just
1: I know. I, my Mon- I know my Monk. <laughs> I <laughs> know my Monk. I know my head.
2: So there was a competition, uh, but you had to be invited to enter it. A competition for a large monumental sculpture to be on Munk island right by the museum in Oslo on the field and I entered this competition and I won with my uh, idea of the mother and the mother is to protect the sword mother is to give Munk the mother that he didn't have throughout his life the, the and also the mother is this is my mother it's this older woman and you can see in the bronze that she really is an old woman. It isn't a, like a young, beautiful woman. It's this sort of heartfelt, sort of like older, fragile. Not she's not fragile, actually. She looks quite strong. But it's tender. The mm. whole thing is tender. And, um, and it's nine metres high and it's bronze.
1: And it's and permanent?
2: It's permanent, yeah, forever. So it's a really, really, really big thing. It's mega. And um, I'm going over to Norway um, in a couple of weeks' time to watch it be lifted from the jetty where it's been constructed and built. It's like, I don't know Harry knows, it's 168 different pieces welded together, I think. And then then it's been picked and put on a barge and then it's been picked up by these giant cranes and then put into place. And I have to be there to say, no, left a bit, right a bit, (laughs) to get the ankles. Once it's done, that's it. And then also been working with really, really beautiful landscape gardeners who, from what I say and what I wanted, they've made this really beautiful garden with all these wild flowers and mosses and everything. So it's it's going to be a really nice place for people to go.
1: You're just your energy is just on fire. You're you're just soaring and and. I mean, what is? I mean, you you must probably know what's next already, right? You're already kind of foreplanning what's going to happen 2023.
2: Well, I think 2023 is well. One thing that I've got to do in 2023 is I've worked with Jay Joplin for 30 years. Oh, yes.
1: But Um, you're on a strike (laughs) right now.
2: And there's not not many artists that can say they work with their gallery for 30 years. That's incredible. And so me and Jay want to have a show somewhere yeah. to celebrate that. And then 2024, I'll be doing a show with Xavier Hopkins in his new gallery. Oh, um, yeah, because he's expanded, hasn't he? He's yeah, got an incredible, incredible in new gallery. Oh, my God, yeah. Brussels, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like a mini museum. It's so beautiful. So I'll be doing a show with Xavier. And then, of course, I do a show with... Jay and I do a show with Xavier, then I have to do a show with Lorcan in London. Lorcan, So like I'm, back, I'm back on the treadmill again of yeah. doing shows and everything. But, you know, I don't I don't normally... I only do a show usually about once every five years or yeah. something. So, you know, and but now I think because of death, I, I might speed that up a bit and just, just see, you know, because I'm sort of... I don't know I might even slow it down, I don't know, <laughs> but I do know one thing is i'm i've i' am i am i i am really happy i'm I've never been this happy with with there's things I'm sad about, but I said to someone the other day, even if I'm sad about them, I'm not as sad about them as I used to be mm.
0: if
2: that makes sense yeah. and I'm enthusiastic I'm excited, and I'm really excited about the art school because. Um, I've never done anything like that before, nor anyone else I know. (laughs) So it's like I suddenly thought, oh, yeah, how cool, I'm doing something different, you know. And one of the biggest things in my life, I think, is when I've done something seminal, when I've moved on, Mm. and I feel like this whole thing about coming to Margate is I've moved on. And how I've moved on is by returning home. I've gone full circle. And my mum... There's one thing that my mum had tonnes of, and that was humility. And there's one thing that I definitely do not have, and that's humility. I'd like to have it, but I don't have it. But I know that coming home, after going all the way around the world, after doing all the things that I've done, actually coming home and saying, I'm happy here, that's, re- that's a bit of humility, and I never knew I had any. So I'm pleased I found something and found something within myself that I didn't know was possible.
0: Mm. I mean, I actually said to Russell the other day, I've, I've never seen Tracy be so content. And it's not a word yeah, I would have I necessarily described you as. There's many amazing things I would have used to describe There's you, so but never content. Love. Yeah, and it's so nice, though, to when be what, around. When we were opening
1: well. the other day, it was just like a room full of love mm. and friendly faces, and everyone wanted to talk to everyone, people clambering over each other to say, hello, how are you? Mm. It... Yeah, well, I found it all a bit,
2: well. I found it quite overwhelming because um, you know I, I find now situations where there's lots of people quite difficult. I, I don't know. It's definitely doing something to me be being so unwell. Yeah, it takes all my energy away, and then I don't have any energy left for me. So.
0: And actually, it was so nice last night, even going to that mayor event, the mayoral kind of inauguration, because they, they're going to give you the, the keys to the town, the freedom so of the town. you have a key
1: to everybody's front door. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she can make art anywhere she wants and so, now. And so, there,
2: and, and the air cadets asked me if I'd be there wherever it is, like decorative squadron needle or something. Did, I did can't believe it is. Oh, bless the top gun. Yeah, I said, it. I thought there may be an element of controversy if I accepted, I was really flattered. It was oh. so lovely. And, um, and but, but being given the keys to the, being, I had, so I get this sort of medal thing, and on the medal, it says, like, I was looking at his, it says Freeman of Margate. And I've got to decide what I want, because I'm going to be, I'm not going to be a Freeman of Margate, am I? I'm going to be a, I'm a woman, so am I going to be free, woman of
0: Margate? Mm. But it's free... like when we all became godparents to your kittens, and you asked yeah. us to choose what we were. And I was a godfather. Free mice of Margate. That the younger kids were like wanted to be uh, god pet people. So no, you, you could be a free person, god persons. So you could be a free person.
2: Yeah, but I don't want to be a free person of Margate. It sounds like I've been <laughs> enslaved a whole yeah, life, is not
1: it? Yeah, god, it's
0: bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Yes. So we were in the church, with you know whatever with the inauguration and they were talking and they wanted to thank some people of the town and everything and then they were saying about someone who'd done good things for the town and blah 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 and the the, the artists who'd come out so oh my god it's me and i was really scruffy really 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 scruffy and i didn't know i was going to be called up and i had to go and then and then much of my
0: embarrassment i was so shocked i started crying didn't oh. i, I it was so sweet <laughs> the funniest thing was she was like am i meant to go up and then they wanted to go up because i don't think they actually knew she was going maybe and they were like it was a surprise the whole thing but it was really intense and it was quite a big thing to be given, like I the know, freedom this, of the town. It just sounds freedom of intense. the
2: town is a really big deal. Yeah. It's like a re- not many people get it. No. And, but I said to them, "What does this mean, exactly?" And they said, well, and I said, what do, what do I get? If I've got the keys, what what do I get? What is it?'" And they went. Actually, Tracy, it's more like a sort of metaphor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although you are allowed to bring your sheep at into the, high, the no, central I'm, part of the town or something. Yeah,
2: I'm allowed to put them in Cecil Square and take them up and down the high street. Yeah,
1: at midnight or something. Any ridiculous. time I like. Well, yeah, and you've, you've always wanted bikes. that, so I know, yeah, I've,
2: I've got, got so many sheep. You've got, got you've got, I've got, got, you got your dream. dream. I've got it, yeah. No, but I was wondering if it I'm wondering well, no. I don't know. The whole point is I'm gonna get this gown. And I'm going to get another medal, so it's kind of cool. And I can walk around town in my gown.
1: Well, we love a gown, don't we? <laughs> oh, we love an evening gown.
2: No, I, no, but it's pretty cool, isn't it? It's don't you brilliant. Margate. It's like it's like just it's just brilliant. Like you just couldn't imagine it. You couldn't you couldn't make it up. It's just it's kind of sweet and but funny. Just to and see, just to have
1: the kind of uh, macro version of your life and see. Your childhood here, and your experiences, and your life, and where you are, and now where you are—it's—it's it's this full circle of yeah. that you could never have imagined.
0: No. it was weird today we went walking and it's your first walk you've done in two years pretty much um, along the seafront all the way it was probably like a 40 minute walk or something and tracy actually said look at those cobblestones it was a little kind of ramp going up towards the winter gardens and tracy used to swim there as a seven-year-old and she was like these cobblestones literally have my seven-year-old foot on you know it's like it's really you you can walk around and you see all the all the moments of your past but but it
2: it must be like that for other people yeah some people never left their village. Mm. Heronis Bosch never left his village. I love Heronis
1: Bosch. But you've got to go away and come back to fully appreciate that, I yeah. think. Yeah. When it's just there, it's peripheral, it becomes overlooked, doesn't it? It just becomes the norm. If you leave somewhere and you feel like you have to leave somewhere to find yourself. Yeah, like
2: today when we're walking back from Walpole Bay, I just kept thinking, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. Oh, this is so beautiful. And I walk, we walked round the Lido... The other side, the the back of the lido, and I thought, oh, I haven't been here, walked here since I was, a, you know, since I was really young. This mm-hmm. is, and this is so beautiful. And I was looking out at, the, at the, on the the this rocks going out to sea, and I was just thinking. I'm so lucky. This is this is incredible. And the sun was really high, even though it was six o'clock and I was explaining to my friends about why it looks like the sun is high, even though it's not high. And I was explaining about the horizon and everything. And I was just, you no. Know, I got I was very proud,
0: actually. I was so happy you got your feet wet as well. You went in and she got her feet wet.
1: Well, well we're proud to know you, Tracy. Thank you. So final questions, we've done, this is the third time for you. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: No repeats, okay? You've got to come up with different answers. No, you haven't got to, but we're going to go back then. So the first question we ask every guest at the end is, if you could do an art heist, you could have any work of art for yourself. There's, As you were saying, you, you have your own artworks, but you also collect a lot of art. You want to do a show of artworks you've collected maybe. What would you steal nicely and why?
2: Well, it's kind of stupid, actually, because I probably regret saying this, but I think I'd have a whole dinner service made by Picasso. Paint pa- plates cups, jugs, cups, saucers, everything, all Picasso.
1: Really? Does it exist hmm. or is this a dream?
2: No, but I bet if I'd have worked at it, I could have
0: collected quite a few bits and pieces. The, Madu-
1: the Madura Picasso ceramics he made. And yeah, stuff. yeah. I love the
0: birds so much.
1: The the yeah the piku yeah. or something. It's they're so beautiful jugs and everything. Yeah, they they come up a lot in auction sales. Don't they? I know they do? Up,
0: yeah, they've but gone really
2: expensive. I don't know because that's sort of like, but you you imagine it'd be good to have like because you just could use it all the time.
1: Oh, I would. I'd be terrified.
2: No, but it'd be really cool, wouldn't it? You just you just broke the Picasso.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be cool if you're the one who broke I was going
0: to uh, say, uh, it's uh, not cool
1: for us if we're having dinner.
0: Awful. Oh, that's funny. <laughs>
1: I'm, sure, I'm sure that's totally possible. But it would take a bit of time to f- pull David,
2: all the bits together. David Dawson broke my Georgian platter two Christmases, <laughs> three Christmases ago. And it was, like, really rare and really amazing. And I just went, oh, it doesn't matter.
1: It doesn't
2: <gasps> matter. Anyway, so you got that kind of thing. Which threw you, didn't it? Completely. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, that. left field. But I suppose, oh, I did say a Vermeer last time, didn't I?
1: Yeah, and you might have had a Monk before. I can't remember. can't have,
2: Yeah. I had them all.
1: Yeah, so we're going Vermeer, Monk, now Picasso, but table set.
2: Yeah, a lot of
0: it.
1: A lot, a lot, yeah, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course a lot. Yeah. I, I actually You've got three a... houses, haven't you? have got 3 houses have not you got a <laughs> yeah, I, so, that, yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually want to know something, which is what song you danced to when you danced, um, when you were in your studio. Garbage. Oh, yeah, well, that's right, it was yeah. Garbage. Yeah. Stupid Girl. Mm. I did already know that. Yeah. I was really intrigued, I meant to ask earlier. You've become oh, we friends love Shirley. with Shirley, Oh
1: so, haven't you?
2: No, I've been friends with her for years because when her mum died, she wrote to me, she wrote me a letter and... I never wrote back, and I kept this letter in France, and I kept it always on on you know this on my little in my mirror thing. When my mum died, I contacted Shirley Manson, and I, and I contacted I had her letter, so it's really it's really brilliant, and we we've been friends ever since. But the interesting thing is we never met until the other week when I was. Um, Honored at the Whitechapel Gallery, and they said I could have anybody singing. Who would I like, or whatever? And I said her, and they flew over and performed. Was really cool. Yeah, it's just her and um,
0: her band. It was really cool. It was really amazing. It was also really amazing the song she chose to sing. She chose songs like "Bleed Like Me" and. Um... Uh, the trick is to keep breathing and they they weren't like the mega hits but they were like songs that the lyrics meant a lot to shirley in relation to tracy's art and it was a really thoughtful performance and actually carl at the end was like that was amazing like she's the real deal and carl's so hard to impress like he always he's such a hard critic especially when it comes to pop music or anything like that and he was just blown away by it and she was extraordinary and she actually saw your show at um edinburgh at the National Gallery of Scotland um, after her mum had died and that's why she then connected so strongly that's with Tracy's and work and met. that's where we met, yeah.
2: Yeah, and then when you look at all her lyrics and everything, it's obvious relationship between her work and my work, mm. her music, her lyrics and mine. Mm. It's re- really good. But I'm finding this more and more, I know we've, I find this more and more as I get older i'm I'm connecting with people from different disciplines or whatever who I really relate to just on a spiritual level, an emotional level, which is it's really fantastic, it's really good, you know people like you know that it, it, I'd go, wow, you know they like my work, and it's like, yeah because we've got something in common.
0: Yeah, Cat Power as well, no? Yeah. Because I love Cat Power. Chan's like the most amazing... Do you know Cat Power? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So she's a Tracy fan too. Very cool. So the last question we're going to ask you is, mm. what is your favourite colour? But maybe in relation to Margate, because you've obviously got your neon here at Droit House, looking out over the water. You know what my favourite colour is?
2: <laughs> it's blue, but I'm not allowed to say blue. Because you said it last time. And the time before, probably. <laughs> so... But if you've got a feeling about a colour, how I feel about colour, what colour I want, what colour I feel, I think there was the night before my opening in Margate, you know, a couple of weeks ago, there was this sunset. And the sunset was the brightest cerise pink. And the sky was completely grey. And there was this beautiful cerise pink ball just floating. In the grayness, going down through the horizon, it was so beautiful and just like incredible. It was sublime. It was amazing. And that color pink is just just incredible. It it not only does it make me feel good, it makes me feel warm and it's sensual and it's sexy. But there was the coolness of the gray sky, this soft soft gray sky at night. Mm. So there you go.
0: And you posted that on your Instagram, so yes, people could see it. I remember yeah. it. Yeah.
1: What is the best advice you've ever received when it comes to your art?
2: My gallerist, Xavier Hopkins. It's not like it's advice. But he really tells me off. Okay, and instead of praising me, he always reminds me of where the downside is, and this is some of the best advice I've ever had because, you know. Like, there's all the accolades, there's this, there's that, or whatever. But what it really boils down to is the work that we make and the work that we're doing. And I think... I think like an artist. I live like an artist. But I have to make the art to be an artist for me. Making is so important and without that, I cease to feel who I am or, or be who I am. And also I start feeling really quite mentally ill as well, which is important. I don't, I don't want to be mentally ill. So I think just to make the work, keep making the work. David Dawson gave me some really good advice as well. He said, oh, um, painting is about time. It's about the waiting so it's a contradiction to the making, but there's the waiting as well. So, so just
1: make it, but then allow it to come alive. Yeah,
2: let, give it its time, stand back, let it, let it breathe, let it, be, let it be itself.
1: But stay active with yeah. the actual painting.
2: Christ. Should we explain this to Russell?
1: <laughs> yes,
0: Russell got told off. Oh, love always, it.
1: Always. We had to finish on that though. Yeah. Oh. Well, Actually, we love some you. of my
0: favourite paintings are the ones where they're almost like a line. Like the one you did of yourself here. Um, one of the first ones you painted on canvas. When you you show your, your bag. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah, well normally, you see, I'd paint over that. Mm. But the fact that I've got like 80 canvases here, I don't need to paint over it because I've got another canvas to paint on. No, and it's just, like, so yeah. complete with it's so just, little
0: there. It's, like, mm. amazing. I love but it, that work. But it's
2: having the patience and the understanding that this is enough. You don't need to do any more.
0: Mm.
2: So it's it's like having your own, own. Um, what's the word... Mm going with your own intuition about what is finished and what isn't, not, you know, understanding that it's your work and how you react to it. And if I think something's finished, it's finished. Mm. Because I'm not painting it for anyone else.
1: I guess that's your own advice to yourself then.
0: Yeah. And that is a perfect way to finish this episode.
1: We love you, Tracy. (laughs) So your Instagram, you have an Instagram now for people to follow. Yes. Which is?
2: Tracy... M in
0: studio.
1: Got it, and obviously, and don't
0: just look at the pictures; read the words. Because Tracy's the best posted person ever. She posts amazing texts. Yeah,
1: Yeah. incredible.
2: Yeah, I I I I like Instagram because I can write as well, and I used to write column for the Independent newspaper. So it's kind of similar to that. It's also to do
0: with not just about what I'm looking at, but it's about what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, so definitely it's it's well worth a follow.
0: So Carl Friedman Gallery, the show A Journey to Death is running until the 19th of June. And then Jupiter Artland has the incredible new show which opens at the end of May and is um, just a drive from Edinburgh. And I really recommend you go there because it's just such an immersive, incredible place to visit and experience art in a very unique way. But most importantly, come to Margate.
2: And, and uh, But if you are flying over oslo or apparently in outer space you will be able to see my mother will you uh, yeah it's so big it's, so big. <laughs>
0: it's, big. it's yeah. become a, a monument <laughs> yeah incredible oh, yeah. i love Brilliant. that well, and that will outlive amazing. all of us thank well you thank so you so for listening and we will be back very soon thank you tracy bye oh. tracy Bye-bye. bye 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 See you. See you around.
1: (laughs) You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Tovey.
0: Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode with music by Jack Northover.
1: Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.
0: Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip?